Hello, everyone, and welcome to What's Happening What's Happening in Travel. I'm here with my buddy, Bushro, and I am Kerwin, and um, we have a lot to talk about today because a lot has been going on in the industry, and um, we have a goal. We're going to try to strive for 30 minutes. It's not going to happen, but we're going to try to strive for 30 minutes. So let's get right into it. I hope everyone is doing well, and um, let's just jump right into it. So. We're going to start with airlines. So first, um, you know, Delta has been doing a lot of amazing things uh, as it comes to COVID. And um, every airline is at dropping different, different uh, parts of their fleet and things like that. And Delta is no exception. So uh, Krisha is going to tell us, what is Delta doing uh, with their fleets and retirements and stuff like that? What's going on? This really wasn't a big surprise, but they've accelerated the rate at which they're going to streamline their fleet. This is Delta. Mm -hmm. so they just announced this week that they're getting rid of the 717, which is the uh, Boeing. Uh, oh, what was the McDonnell Douglas derivative called? Well, it was MD95, I think it what it was. Okay. Ah. Yeah, I think that was yeah, something MD95. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is the updated and more aerodynamic. Um, EC9 essentially. Then the 767-300ER, which are really vintage, and also the CRJ200, which is their regional arm. So um, they were, the CRJ is going to be the first to go by 2023, the end, and then the 717s and the 76300s are gone by 2025. So they're still going to be around, yeah, but a while. lot of them are already in storage and will not be uh, brought back into service. So they have um, 88 of these uh, 717s from the AirTran merger with Southwest. Mm -hmm. This is from 2010. The average age is 19 years, so it really is about time. And they're going to be taken over by the 220. Um, which is the old Bombardier, the CS series planes. Yeah. And also the Embraer 175. Ah. So between those two, they've got the CRJ retirements covered. And the uh, 763 is going to be replaced probably with the 330 Neo and or the 321, the XLR, which they've ordered for their flights to Europe. Uh, gotcha. So, um, yeah. And uh, they've also got, uh, Delta has got 32 Airbus 330, the 900 Neos. Oh, that are coming online. Okay. So they're all going to su supplement the Delta fleet, but um, they have 49 300s that they're going to get rid of, and 91 uh, 717s and 125 CRJs. That is actually a large number of aircraft. That is, and oh. the CRJs are the ones that run on the, do they still have Delta connection? Is that? Yeah. Okay, because so, the CRJs, you know, but um, I am not unhappy about the CRJs going. They're like the worst airplanes ever. I really, think they're more comfortable than the 145s though. I don't know, that, but, but the, windows, so the windows are like here. And so whenever, <laughs> whenever I sit and here, I'm pointing to the side of my head where my eyes are, because whenever you fly oh. them, you have to like scrunch down and so you can look out the window. And there's no so, legroom on those little uh, little things. 
Yeah. And this comes after they just got rid of or getting rid of uh, the MD-88s, the MD-90s, the 73Gs, the 700 series, and the 777. So they're really going to become mostly an Airbus carrier, operating every Airbus type uh, from the 319, well, not the 318, the um, to the 350. And the only Boeing products they will have are the 738, the 9ER, um, and uh, 757, and the 764. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, yeah. Wow. And I this just... was all started with Northwest, when they merged with Northwest. Because yeah. Northwest had mostly an Airbus fleet. Yeah, it's weird. So, um, and, you know, there's been a lot of airline mergers. And so... When you merge two airlines, you not only get the other airlines' employees, you also get their fleet. <laughs> and so, if yeah. one if one guy had a um, a view, and I say guy because uh, sadly most of the people in the most of the CEOs in the U.S. airline industry or in the airline industry are men. And so, um, it's worldwide, I would say worldwide, right? Um, you yeah, know, something we should look up and see how many female airline yeah. CEOs they are. Uh, even worse, how many black females airline CEOs there are, which is probably like zero. Okay, we're sidetracking. But I saw <laughs> an interview with the Rwanda CEO last this week. Yeah? Yeah. She's oh, the... um, based in Kigali, and uh, they've also had to cut back. And she had uh, a very interesting point of view. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, because it's, but, but it is, aviation is male-dominated. And I'm yeah. so sorry about the noise in the background, if you guys can hear it. Uh, they're digging up something next door. It's like, ugh. But anyway. And I think it's wind chimes also. Well, the wind, yeah, the wind chimes are always here. You know, the wind chimes are cool because it's funny when I like, well, go back and listen to the recordings. I hear the wind chimes in the back. I'm like, oh, that's actually quite soothing. <laughs> okay. Okay, but, let's um, get back on track. Back to 717s. Um, so I just flew the 717 um, on, on Delta. And I remember when they first came into the fleet, um, back when they did uh, the mergers, I actually went and I flew one at the same time because I don't think I'd flown one before. Because Airtran had them. And then... Yeah. Um, Hawaiian. Uh, is that... Yeah, Hawaiian also had them. And so Qantas. did you know, um, they, uh, when Hawaiian got them, they actually put... Uh, because they couldn't fly, they can't make it to the uh, to the mainland. to the mainland. So mm-hmm. what they did was they actually put extra fuel tanks inside the plane. Oh yeah, yeah. That's how they ended up ferrying them. And there are okay. pictures online of the the fuel tanks inside the plane that they uh, no seats or anything in it. Like just beer bones uh, because it can't it can't make it can't make yeah. Hawaii on that. But yeah, that's it wasn't too much left aircraft. I don't think they sold too many of them. No, and but so. they're, be- they're beautiful airplanes. So I mean, I've, I've, um, wow, they're going. Uh, it's yeah, this industry. Oh, the thing I was gonna say, I'm jumping all over the place, but um, if you are like an investor and you've got a lot of money, um, the aviation industry it is down now, but of course it's gonna pick up. You can get a lot of really cheap planes for next to nothing. That's coming up in a future topic. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like next to nothing. They're all sitting in the desert uh, worldwide. Yep. <laughs> um, okay, is that all you had on Delta? Yes. All right, cool. So, um, And this was from Airways Magazine, by the way. All right, excellent. This information. 
So um, the U.S. has um, a number, what are we up to, 10, maybe 11 major uh, airlines. And um, there's one airline that you don't hear a lot of, and it's only because it's based, it's not based on the U.S. mainland. So because it's not based in the U.S. mainland, you don't really hear anything about it. But they're doing amazing things. And they actually, I think they fly the longest domestic flight in the u.s i think yes. which is like boston to hawaii right so yes. by now you realize we're talking about hawaiian airlines and um they've been doing some interesting stuff um and kusha is going to tell us what have they been up to yes so i find my notes because i have so much information in my head <laughs> but uh yes so, so this ties in with uh what united has done uh, Hawaii, of course, has this 14-day uh, mandatory quarantine mm -hmm. um, statewide. So you have to be COVID negative before uh, coming to Hawaii. So United started this uh, deal with uh, Lufthansa, which we're getting to in a little bit. We're trying to move west to east. And uh, I thought Hawaiian one-upped United in making the tests even more convenient. So they have set up um, sites within LAX and San Francisco airports to allow people to drive through and get their COVID tests prior to flying to Hawaii, on Hawaiian. Um, they will advise you when you need to get the tests, once you make a booking. And I think it makes it a little more convenient to do that. Uh, than, for instance, uh, what United has done, and it's also a lot cheaper. So um, they've originally started, as I said, with LAX and San Francisco, but they're also going to expand it to their other U.S. Uh, gateways, mostly on the West Coast, actually. This is in partnership with uh, a company called Worksite Labs. So what they are going to do is they are going to use something called a droplet digital PCR test, uh, which uses again the nasal secretions to test the um, for the virus, and it's about ninety US dollars. Results you can get in thirty six hours, but you can also do it on the day of departure for a one hundred and fifty US dollar charge. Mm. Now, I don't know how that's going to work, given that the test takes several hours to do. So unless you show up really, really early for these uh, tests, um, I'm not sure how you're allowed to board. Well, I think they're getting... They don't specify. I think they're getting better, better at the testing stuff. Because you know what I heard? Uh, here in Houston, for example, they were saying that um, you're getting your tests quicker now because they're having less people getting tested okay so i think it was a result of volume and if you have everything in one place i guess you can do the test quicker right if you're only testing a few people who are flying on these fl these flights but it's not a few people right well i mean initially it will be a few people and i guess they're yeah. gonna have to once once the volume starts racking up they're gonna have to figure it out but i guess they figure it out we we'll probably need to figure it out ask them and see what yeah. they're doing it starts october 15th so it's not currently in place but that's yeah, because when, that's when hawaiian is going hawaii is going to be opened up right okay. right so um but i mean when we talk about united you'll see how much more convenient i think yeah. um how much more clear also the hawaiian procedure is 
Well, let's let's talk about United uh, um, so what, together. So this we're going out of sequence, but United announced a very similar package in response to what Lufthansa announced a day pro previous. But we'll get to Lufthansa later. But it's worth noting that Lufthansa and United are very very close partners in the Star Alliance. So what United has done, um, and it's the first U.S. airline to do this is to facilitate COVID testing for its passengers. And initially, this is only going to be for Hawaii flights and only out of San Francisco. Because it, again, starts uh, October 15th time with the new United flights into uh, Kona and Lihue. So it, it all sort of makes sense. But United is going to offer uh, both the initial rapid testing and the PCR testing. And this is the part that I'm not really clear about is Hawaii has specifically said, Hawaii the state, has specifically said that you have to be negative by a PCR test, which takes several hours to days. Mm -hmm. Get this United facility at San Francisco airport is a rapid 15 to 20 minute test which is not very accurate. And according to, I believe, Toby Enquist, who is the customer service um, see, officer at United, he said they had worked with Hawaiian to ensure that either of the two tests were, were sufficient for passengers to enter Hawaii without requiring the 14-day quarantine. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. But Hawaii, yeah, you would imagine that makes sense, but Hawaii on its website, says no only the as they call it the nucleic acid uh, amplification test which is pcr um, wait, wait, well you know how that works for sure it's just it, it's it's partners partnerships yeah so typically whenever you have a partner that's working very close with you and united let's face it united brings a ton of passengers to hawaii yes and so um yes. you know it, it's like when it's like when they say when you go to a, a specific facility it's approved if you just come up and show your rapid test from Joe Law down the street, no. So I think that's probably what they're, what they're trying to say there. Yeah. yeah makes sense. So um, just for prices, um, United is doing this with a company called Go Health. And uh, it's the Abbott and um, uh, the Abbott rapid testing. At the airport, it's 250 US dollars. But if you do it in advance with the PCR test, it's um, $80. So it's slightly more expensive than what Hawaiian has done. Mm. Um, and United will also let you know, they suggest 10 days before departure to start all the procedures. So you know, apply for a test and all <laughs> that. And I don't see a lot of people doing this, but maybe I'm just- Oh, dude, no, 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 no. People, I was just, I was just gonna, gonna comment on that, on the pricing. Um, people want to go places, right? Um, I have uh, my, well, I, every week we, myself and like four other friends, we have this group and we, we call and we talk. And one of the guys in the group is like, I wanna go somewhere, I wanna go somewhere, I have to go somewhere. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't wanna go anywhere. So, um, but people wanna travel and especially Hawaii, especially the fact that they've not been able to go for such a long time. Mm. Now, now the interesting thing is, 
Southwest had like $59 fares to Hawaii and the test is $250. <laughs> Not to mention yeah. the hotel is going to be like, I mean, hotels in Hawaii was always expensive anyway. So you're talking $150, $200, uh, per night. Yeah. Um, and now, especially since they have people have been able to travel for a while, things are going to be super expensive um, as yep. they try to catch up. So while it's good to go to Hawaii, unless you have a lot of money for that vacation, yeah, you won't be able to make it. And one other aspect that I wanted to mention is that I liked about the United offer is that they will email, as soon as passengers make a booking, yeah. 10 days before departure, they will email uh, the passengers that they need to do this and give them these two options. Okay. Um, and then they get their samples mailed to them you know, the test tube and the swab and all that. Uh, and they have drop boxes at San Francisco airport. So you don't, and the international hotel. Yeah. So you don't actually have to go into the airport. Okay, that's say. good. So yeah, one thing so that we makes have, it a little convenient. One thing we have to find out is, um, uh, and because we have some listeners who are airline employees and do non-revenue travel, we need to find out what is the procedures for non-revenue travel. I'm uh, sure, why would it? different though and see how that well yeah I, I don't know because you're you're paying for that but then right. you know so you take the test and you don't make the flight um you're gonna that's right to, you're gonna have to take the test again <laughs> and pay the 250 dollars right. again i never right? thought of that yeah so, um yeah just that buy could get pricey very quickly very pricey just buy a discounted ticket and carry on <laughs> that's funny oh well, it's funny in a bad way um yep. But I'm, I'm glad that uh, the, what this is doing, because there isn't one entity that's forcing um, how we do it. The, the business entities are like, you know, we're not making any money, so we're gonna have to invest uh, money into our business. Just like how Delta working with TSA to fix the bins, um, yeah. the airlines are like, well, you know, we need to test passengers. And we've been saying that from a long time, that you gotta test the people before they get on the plane. You can't test them after they get to their destination because that doesn't make any sense. And one more thing I wanted to mention. This it all ties in with an IATA study of 11 international markets. Now, they didn't specify what these markets were. But 83% of potential travelers are not going to fly if they have to quarantine at their destination. Well, right. I mean, who wants yeah. to? Like, who wants to go to London and yeah. get quarantined for 14 days? I can't do anything yeah. for 14 days. And London is not cheap. I mean, you're, you're so, talking what? Even if it's $100 a night for a room, which is not found in London, unless you want a little tiny thing. I mean, you're talking like at $1,400? No, no. Plus food. Oh, yeah. God, yes. So anyway. <laughs> it's five pounds for a pasty. But I think airlines are getting more and more creative at this time to make things as convenient as possible. They do not have a choice because so, people are scared to travel. They don't have a choice, yes. And you have to, yep. this is the only way to get them um, to feel like it's safe to travel. Um, all right. Yep. So is that this it was for from, again, Airways. All right, cool. And is that it for Hawaiian and United? Yes. All right, perfect. So um, keeping with the COVID trend and see, we don't, we don't, well, apart from the Delta dumping the planes news, so far we're doing good with, with uh, upbeat items. So um, uh, WestJet has an update with it because we reported uh, the last time that WestJet is uh, 
doing insurance coverage, just like a lot of like three or four other carriers. So what's the update on them? Um, actually, I think they didn't specifically say it, but I think it's a direct response to what Air Canada did the very next day after WestJet announced <laughs> uh, their procedure, their policy of COVID insurance for all travelers. So Air Canada said every passenger who flies on Air Canada, including the US, and they had specified a 200,000 Canadian dollar um, hospitalization uh, insurance amount. WestJet had started with 100,000 and had excluded the US. So now they've just added US travelers and upped their insurance for hospitalization and other medical costs to 200,000 per passenger. So that's. I guess can they you, had to do it. Can you see the phone call to the underwriters? Hey, can, can, can we fix this? Can we include the U.S.? So the fun thing with yep. the airlines is that they're always trying to save money on things. And then the other airline just uses that as an opportunity to one-up them. Uh, and, and then they and go. All this, to, of course, will be retroactive. And well, no job. Yeah. I mean, because people need to feel safe. Um, you know, yes. regardless of how some people don't think there's a problem and that's their problem, the majority of the people do not feel safe flying. And so we have to make them. And the two things that does that is insurance and the fact that the person next to you isn't going to infect you. <sighs> yeah. This all is right. from World Airline News, by the way. Uh, all right, cool. All right. So we're moving across the uh, Atlantic and we're heading over to Germany. And um, we have some news on Lufthansa and also Eurowings. So um, what are they doing with their fleet? So we know they yanked like the A380, they yanked the 400s. What are they doing now? So this was, um, again, not, um, not unexpected. And unfortunately, it seems like we will not be able to fly a Lufthansa 380 again. It's Whoa. not 100% certain but um it doesn't look likely oh, man. so this is the third step of the renew program which is the lufthansa um name for the program to how to deal with covid disruptions so in december november and december they had estimated actually in the fourth quarter of 2020 which is october november december they had estimated they would fly 50% of their ASKs or ASMs of 2019. Now they've lowered that to 20 to 30%. Hmm. So they've made a significant reduction. But curiously, just today, I heard that Air France was still continuing uh, at 50% of its uh, fourth quarter ASMs, ASKs. Their equivalent. It depends on which country you are in. Yeah. So... Granted, Lufthansa is a little bigger than Air in Air France, but still. So, um, long story short, they're going to go ahead and uh, retire about 150 of their 700-ish long-haul aircraft. This is the Lufthansa Group. Yeah. Um, by 2025, and they the remaining 380s and 10 340 600s that are not in of long-term storage are going to be taken out of the schedule for the foreseeable future. Oh, wow. But they've not been retired. They can be brought back if the demand uh, comes back sooner than expected. 
Oh, that's good then. Because yeah. Lufthansa has 14 380s. Uh, six of them have been retired, essentially. So these other eight are going to be in long-term storage. Um, they have 17 340 600s. Seven of them, the older ones, have been permanently decommissioned. And these 10 uh, that they currently have, the newer ones, are again going to be uh, sent to the desert. What they didn't specify what was happening was with the 744s, they have, uh, I believe, four of them. Um, and the 340 300s, sorry, six 744s and 17 340-300s. Ah, okay. Now, there's another uh, angle to this is that, and this was news to me, um, the, they expect about 22,000 staff to be made redundant by this whole, this whole step, this whole issue. Uh, they also want to reduce uh, management positions by 20% early next year, reduce their office space by 30% in Germany and review everything else in their uh, subsidiary companies like Swiss, Austrian, uh, um, what's the Belgium one called? Brussels Airlines. Um, yes. So, but this is what has angered the pilots at Lufthansa is that they are planning to start a long haul leisure airline called Ocean. Did you know about this? This, and they're going to model it after Edelweiss Air, which is a, a, a travel subsidiary, Swiss, yeah. Swiss, which itself is a subsidiary of Lufthansa. But wait, wait, wait. So I'm question. wondering. But there's Eurowings. That's exactly that was my question. What is the the function of Eurowings if Lufthansa is going to have Ocean? So that's why I'm wondering if the 744s and the 343s, which are probably completely depreciated and are essentially operating for free, flying for free, um, to no aircraft rentals or leases, are going to be used for this subsidiary. Yeah, I so yeah, I don't know where Eurowings fits in with Ocean and Lufthansa. Yeah, I'd be confused as well. Why would you, un unless the aim of flying, of starting another airline is like a tax thing um this is and, early spring 2021 yeah so i don't that's get coming it up. because that's what yeah. Eurowings does like Eurowings, um well i guess air, air berlin uh because they went on there and then Eurowings took their routes um yeah. and so they fly to like fort myers of all places which is apparently a huge a huge thing. They also do Miami. In Florida, right? It's yeah. probably leisure beaches. Yeah. Oh, totally, totally leisure and beaches. But they've been, Air Berlin have been flying there forever. And so Eurowings took over the route. Um, oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Again, they weren't very clear about this. But I guess as with time, we will get more clarification about what the different functions are going to be. Yeah. Remember, Ocean is going to be long haul. So yeah, is Eurowings going to be short haul? Yeah, I, but Eurowings is currently flying long haul and short haul. Right. Because they do San Francisco as well. So I don't, I don't yeah. understand. Um, maybe, um, I know they do Miami. Uh, New York as well. Yeah, so I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I, I, I would think it probably has something to do with work. You know, maybe because they're starting a new airline 
then you can start the pilots from scratch. Yep, so at a lower can, rate. Yep, you can lay them off from one company and then you can yeah. say, hey, okay, we've laid you off, we're done. We're starting a new company. If you want to come over, you're going to start over. But I think your uh, wings is too established for that. Yeah, well, yeah, but, then, but then they're taking a lot of people out of Lufthansa, right? Because there's yeah, all these true. planes are yep. flying. Um, yep. Yeah, so it sounds like a little so, airline, airline management thing going on there and play, playing with people's lives as usual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good Lord. Uh, all right, so they're doing, you, know, you're, you had mentioned you were going to talk about um, what Lufthansa is doing in associate with United in terms of the COVID yeah. testing, right? So Frankfurt Airport and also Hamburg Airport, to the best of my knowledge, are the two airports in Germany that already offer um, COVID testing, special okay. areas where you go get tested mm -hmm. in line with requirements of certain countries where you have to where you might want to travel. So now they've announced, Lufthansa, that they're going to be starting this rapid testing at um, uh, Frankfurt. And they're also thinking of expanding it to airports in the US and Canada, which I think is very interesting. Um, there, it's going to be initially for uh, business and first class passengers only. And after that, as they call it, it's going to be available to everybody at a reasonable price <laughs> who knows okay. what that is going to be but um so what they currently have is um where you schedule a test online you receive a throat swab and all the required equipment um you drop it off at an airport test look location and then in six to eight hours your results are emailed to you or sent to your lufthansa app and uh, now this antigen test is going to be processed at these airports in 15 to 20 minutes in uh, collaboration with Roche and Abbott. And it's also backed by the US um, Food and Drug Administration. This is less accurate, not a big yeah. secret. It's well known. It's cheaper and it may produce false negatives. Again, nothing new. So they recommend taking both tests. So that's why I don't get the point of why they're offering this rapid test if you have to get it confirmed with a PCR test, yeah, which know. has to be done well before departure. So, so in, in all these, um, so I, <laughs> uh, when I first started my airline career, I was in um, the website business. And one of the things that we always had to do was, um, you spend a lot of time trying to keep people from hacking into the website and doing all the bad stuff. Because most of the people are good, but it's that 1% that's really annoying that you always have to look for. Yeah. And so I'm saying this because how do you, when, when you give me a take-home test, how do you make sure that that's my test? Yep. So, you know. Thought of that too. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is there Not like sure this is a good sign if we always think of the way people will cheat. Well, I think it's us. because we've been in the industry long enough and we understand uh, people cheat. People are standing in front of me and they're checking their bags and they know that they're overweight and they have somebody else two, two persons away with the heavier bag. So, yes, people will cheat and they'll cheat right in front of your face. Uh, yeah, I don't know how they will do that. I'm assuming it's a trust issue, but 
I don't think that's. Yeah, I'm wondering. What can the airlines do? What can they do? Not much. If people are going to cheat, they're going to cheat. Yeah, not much. But you know, it 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 kills the system when people do that, and yep. people think that they're getting away with stuff, and it's like, do you understand what you're doing? Um, Everybody yeah. gets hurt oh by the God. actions of a few. Incidentally, are you keeping track of time? Uh, yeah, we're, we're we're way over time, but this is really good, so let's carry on. <laughs> no, well, we're gonna break at you rings anyway, because I think right now we're at about uh, yeah, we're, we're close to thirty minutes. Um, all right, so let's so. Well, we're just talking about Eurowings. Uh, what are they doing in terms of COVID testing? So they've joined the list of um, airlines offering COVID insurance. Now, this was another weird story because they're only offering it through September 27th, which is already passed. Okay. I don't know why they would bother to offer it for just a few days, for like four or five days. Testing? Unless I'm misreading something. Uh, um, hmm. But I... Reread the article in uh, this Airline Geeks website on September 23rd, and they specifically mentioned that it was only for travel through September 27th. Bookings made through September 27th. We'll probably have to go to Eurowings' website and, and verify so, that. Um, those, those geeks yeah. might have typed the wrong thing in. <laughs> well, they also added this little addendum that said after September, the insurance is added for, as they say, a small fee. So, oh, okay. So it was free up to a point, but now they're going to charge you. Yes. Yeah, I, I figure they're going to charge you eventually, for sure, because they charge you today for normal insurance. It's like $40. Yeah. Um, I mean, because, you know, but, they can't, you know, you can you you can help people for so long, but it's end up costing them money. But they they they're gonna have to charge you at some point. But it's not as all encompassing as you know the the big air, bigger airlines like Emirates and Air Canada. So there are certain restrictions. But I mean, Eurowings is low cost, so you shouldn't really you get what you pay for essentially. Uh, yeah, but it's there still there also Lufthansa. In disguise, so <laughs> they're separate, but they're not separate. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right? It's like whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 interesting with the uh, while you while you're talking. Yeah, I was just checking um, something on the COVID nineteen. Uh, so they might. And they're have... doing this. Uh, sorry. Just um, go ahead. They're doing this with uh, a company called Hansa Merkur in Germany, which is yeah. apparently an insurance company there. So, uh, but, 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 and it's but, only for international round trips, by the way. Forgot to mention that. Yeah. Everything um, is international for Europe, Euro Wings, except for a few routes within Germany. Oh, okay, yeah. So that so they're gonna they're gonna offer it until twenty twenty one. It was free up until stuff that was booked until the twenty seventh, and after yeah. that, you just have to pay. So yeah. if you go, if you go there on the what about it? Today's the twenty eighth. If you go there to buy a ticket today, you'll have to pay for the insurance. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's interesting. But, but then you know, I'm you curious just, what their small fee is. Yeah, they didn't. I didn't say, want to make a booking to find out. 
So basically, I mean, uh, the, the key is uh, one, you should always have travel insurance anyway. And so, um, and I'm not trying to push my travel insurance. Uh, however, though, um, I have travel insurance that covers me for a year and you should always have uh, your travel insurance when you fly. And what you do, you check with the travel insurance uh, people of what is covered. Thing with travel insurance is that you cannot be, uh, you, you can't double dip. So only one company is going to pay it, which is which it's whichever. I don't know how they figure that out, but it's usually just one company is going to pay. So the fact that I have insurance, and if I fly an airline, I have COVID insurance. More than likely, the airline that has COVID insurance will take over from my insurance. But you should make sure that you have you have insurance. Um, all right, so that takes care of your wings. Um, we have one more in Thai which I think we can do the Thai one and then- That's not going to be long at all. Yeah, so let's do the Thai one. What you got? So um, Thailand, of course, is known as being a tourist mecca. Um, In 2019, they had 40 million tourists. And in 2020, they're expecting about seven, less than seven million, which is a drop of 83%. Yeah. Thai International, which is the national flag carrier, which does a huge business in bringing these these uh, vacationers to Thailand is bleeding money. They are currently um, US dollars, 11 billion in debt, but they somehow have to repay. So I don't know if people will remember, but a few weeks ago, we announced that they had started this very unique restaurant slash cafe concept in Bangkok, where the interior was set up just like an aircraft cabin with old um, Thai aircraft seats. Tables were made of wheels and other appendages of of planes. And they were staffed by volunteer flight attendants who are currently not flying because Thai is, is, I think, going to stay closed until late 2020. So now what they've done to raise alternative revenue streams is to open up their flight simulators public use which i think is a terrible idea no dude that's a great idea wait the fares the prices i think are remarkably cheap they are um 381 us dollars for two people for 30 minutes what i am concerned about is clueless people yes they're enthusiastic and all that who will you know, damage things and slam things and cause who knows what kind of damage to these really, really expensive simulators. The 380, the 777-300ER, 744, and the 734, which is the 737-400. Starting next month, uh, these simulators are available for the public to use. So I don't know if this is a good idea at all. I mean, it's a great idea, but it's a new concept. But as I said, I don't believe this is a good idea. I can see stupid people causing damage. I don't think you? A, I, no, I think it's a brilliant idea. And yes, but you know, but they're, they're going to make sure that people don't break things, right? So how are you going to do that? Well, they're going to watch it. You probably you'll have to sign a waiver if you break something, you have to pay for it, or something like that. But I think it's a brilliant idea. <laughs> it's unique for certain. 
It is very unique. And, and, you know, I mean, I, I have a friend who is in Bangkok right now and he said all is just all domestic stuff is going on. And it's yeah. very difficult. Um, like he goes to the airport and the airport is empty. And so yep. nobody's coming in. So, yeah, they have to do something. And I think that's a good idea. <laughs> so, well, we will see how it goes. But it seems amazingly cheap, though. Well, yeah, I mean, you're just trying to get as many people as possible and figure yeah. nobody can come into Thai. So this is all local people or expats who are, who are over there right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so we've so. gone a little over 30 minutes. And um, so we're going to wrap this episode. Uh, but uh, remember, we are on Spotify. And what I'd like you guys to do, I'd like you guys to go over to um, iTunes and um, search for what's happening in travel um, for Kusha and Kerwin. First of my name or Kusha's name. And um, leave us a review. Uh, check out the podcast. Share it with everyone. We really appreciate that. And uh, we're also on Stitcher and all the other podcast uh, things. We even just made it to Amazon Music, Amazon Music Podcast, which is their newest thing. Just search for us and you can find it. Uh, this is Kerwin and my buddy. And we are signing off on, uh, what's today? Monday, September 28th. Talk to you all soon.